Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, good evening there, everyone, and welcome to Sports Day on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Ben Hook joining you, joining me, Richard Douglas. Dougie, beautiful afternoon. Nice to see you once again. Lovely afternoon, Ben. Great to be back. Uh, looking forward to the show. It's going to be a big one. Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirst tea at Char Time. I never got to it today, so I did go home last night and have my lemon and ginger, which I like too. But I do need to get to Char Time, explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Uh, tell me about your afternoon. Bit of coaching once again? Yeah, out at the academy, Simon Black Academy today. So, uh, yeah, put them through their paces. Bit of conditioning, early pre-pre-season running. So, uh, yeah, been a good day. Big show tonight. We've got uh, all the trade later. Sam Fantasia will join us uh, a little bit later on to talk us through that. Uh, Ellie Konopka we're going to catch. No, Ellie Konopka, I beg your pardon. I caught up with her for something completely different. Tess Demanis we're going to catch up with from uh, the Port Adelaide AFLW Club. She's from Claremont. I'm looking forward to chatting to her. She made her debut for um, the uh, Port Adelaide Football Club on Friday night. Um, but we're going to be talking some A-League as well. We'll catch up with Carl Viet. The A-League is back. Uh, I am so looking forward to seeing Adelaide United this year. Oh, it's going to be good. Uh, Cooper Stadium revamped. Uh, big crowds. They're going to play an exciting brand of football, which we love. So uh, big year for the Reds to you know, build on last year's good finish to the season. You were at the Adelaide Football Club when the club seemed to be firmly entrenched at West Lakes, and uh, they've been trying to make a move somewhere. Originally, it was going to be North Adelaide. Then it was potentially down at the old brickwork site uh, in the northwestern suburbs there, and now they've sort of settled on Theberton, but there's been some challenges. Do you get any sense of uh, they, they feel a little bit like a, a dog without a home? Oh, it's certainly become like that, hasn't it? I remember 15 years ago, Stephen Triggs said, we'll never leave West Lakes. And mm. uh, as soon as footy, you know, come to the city, it was made clear that West Lakes was no longer the future of the footy club. And, and they're trying to find that home. And clearly they've tried to get as close to the CBD as possible. Um, got knocked back, as you mentioned, from the Aquatic Centre, um, Brickworks, the place at Brompton. Uh, but obviously, uh, I think, you know, Thebby Oval seems really good. There's obviously always going to be a couple of locals that aren't going to like what they've, uh, you know, put to council. But, you know, it'll get across the line. It's just going to be a few teething issues um, before it gets there. But it'll, it'll be a fantastic world-class facility, not just for the club, but also for the community. I hope it gets over the line. I've got to be honest with you. The Adelaide Football Club, it's the state's biggest sports club, is yep. it not? I yep. mean, it is a huge part of the state's identity. It can't become a homeless being. It can't become the lost dog, you know. Even if you hate the Crows, it's still a significant asset. It deserves a home base. 
It's and I reckon we actually need the high end of town to get their fingerprints on this. Now look, if it's Thebbit and Council on it, stacks up for the council, it stacks up for the crows, and there's probably I don't know, maybe a hundred homes in the immediate vicinity that you maybe have to do a work to appease. But this has to be a heftier debate than angry protesters and local councillors. It's the Adelaide Cl- Football Club, for goodness sake. It's not the Torrensville Tic Tac Toe Social Club. Uh, look, I think Adelaide have made the odd misstep in all of this. I think they got a few things wrong with the North Adelaide Aquatic Centre debacle. Two blues. Firstly, I don't reckon they should have insisted that their offices, office space was going to be there. They could have done that further down uh, in North Adelaide. And I reckon sending someone like Christopher Pine in to just beat the Adelaide City Council into submission and think that that was going to get a good outcome, I think that was probably a bit of a misstep. I mean, look, quite frankly, the Adelaide City Council is one of the most dysfunctional government sectors that you could ever possibly come across, but abusing them and expecting them to come your way is probably not going to be the best way around it. So maybe some mistakes there, but I mean, we have to have a facility that is cognizant of what the Adelaide Football Club stands for. And I would be really disappointed if we didn't see Premier Peter Malinowskis, uh, Transport Minister Tom Kutsantonis, who who this is his um, electorate, mm. um, West Torrens yeah. as well. So I just would like to see the Adelaide Football Club put in its place as a leading sporting organisation in South Australia. And I think it would be a shame if they got anything else. Have your say, 8223 0037 693060. You followed anything with trades today? As I said, we'll catch up with Sam um, Fantasia about trading uh, and just the day's wrap over the course of uh, the show. But uh, anything taken your eye today? I tell you what I reckon. You you predicted it maybe a day or two ago. You think that it would be a lot of work for Port Adelaide to get Jason Horn Francis out of North Melbourne, and that's looking more and more likely because they want a top-end player and Port don't want to give up a top-end player. Yeah, well, that's right. They want at least a, a Butters and a, a draft pick. Uh, they're talking three clubs to be involved. They actually mentioned reports this afternoon, potentially four clubs might need to be involved to get this deal done, which is going to be incredibly messy. It's going to be pushed right out to the back end of, of trade period, which clubs do get a bit jumpy, nervous. Uh, North Melbourne hold the power. We know he's under contract. They don't have to let him go. Uh, the other one for me is Brisbane. How does that play out? With uh, Dunkley trying to get up there, they need obviously the points for their you know draft picks. Um, so there's a lot that's going to be squeezed right to the back end of trade period. So um, it's going to be a scramble for a lot of clubs, but uh, it's great for you know spectators and fans. I guess fans and, and media outlets out there, it's uh, selling papers. So Port Adelaide, yeah, they're doing a bit of work to get Jason Horn francis in, to get Junior Rioli in, and so there's going to be a fair bit of back and forth with both of those. Adelaide, a little bit different. They've really just set their sights on Isaac Rankin and not too much else. How have you assessed their draft plans so far or their trade plans? Yeah, very calculated. Uh, clear strategy with what they want to go for. Obviously got Dawson last year, targeting very early on, again with Rankin. So they've had a, probably six, eight weeks to plan how this is going to play out with Rankin. Uh, they've also been able to hold their draft picks. Uh, so that's a really clear strategy. And, they, you know, we know they're rebuilding, so they've got some really good methods in place. I guess for Port, they didn't realise that Horn Francis wanted to come over until maybe three or four days ago. So that's really thrown a spanner in their works with what we've seen with Jack Graham. They no longer wanted him because they needed those picks to potentially get... Uh, Horn Francis um, and still trying to get Rioli. So they're sort of scrambling a little bit more as opposed to the Crows clearly um, have had their plans set in place for a lot longer. I um, 
uh, I, I've been studying Adelaide's draft strategy sort of over the last decade in the last few days, and I really feel like they've they've changed their ways in the last couple of years. And I've got to say, I'm really here for it. I'll take you a quick trip down memory lane. So over the last sort of 12, 13 years, their top-end draft picks have been Jack Gudston, good player who left. Sam Kerridge, probably not a superstar. Jordan Gallucci, didn't work. Jake Lever, very, very good player who left. Chase Jones, okay, and we're seeing some signs from him in the last 12 months. Fisher Mackesy, you wouldn't rule him out yet, but he's probably more no-ish than yes-ish right now. And then Josh Rochelle, who looks good, but, you know, time will still tell. Then on top of that, in the last few years, they played hardball trade for Jordan Dawson. I think that was very, very successful. It'll cost them pick 14, which will probably go out to 15 or 16, which is Melbourne's pick this year. They played hardball for Hately. They got locals like Fogarty and Philthorpe in. They got McAdam in as part of the McGovern deal, another decent pick who um, who went out. I think they did well to get McAdam in for that. And now they get Rankin in. So... I reckon they've probably just made the assessment that every time they use a pick inside the top 20 for a top Victorian, he either doesn't work out or he becomes very good and he goes home anyway. Hmm. And I reckon there's a reasonable argument for Adelaide to say, why should we spend our draft capital on these guys who either don't work out or go home? Let's just sit back for a year, have a look at the guys that we really like, and let's bring them in and spend our draft capital on that. It's been very, very successful with Jordan Dawson, who nearly won a best and fairest last year. And I think it's... Well, I'd like to think that it'll be very successful with Rankin, who really, when you think about it, pick five, pick five's a big pick. Mm -hmm. I get that. But he was pick three. He's had four years in the competition and showed everything last year like he's going to be a long-term player. I think it's a good strategy. I'm certainly here for what Adelaide's doing right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good point. I mean, the issue is what the clubs would back themselves in to do is land this player, so land the young Victorian and, and be able to hold him. Um, so I guess when it comes to recruiting time, you want to know everything about this kid, his personality, how close is he with his family, um, with his mates, what's he like, is he going to miss home, be homesick, all these types of things. Um, you know, it's always there's no guarantee that Rankin, you're going to get him back when he left. Mm. I mean, it just panned out that, that that's the way it sort of happened. And the Gold Coast were never going to be able to match the offers um, of Adelaide anyway. Uh, you cannot bank on that. You still need to draft the best possible talent um, for the best position you're trying to identify, they, I believe. They are doing that. They're doing that with Josh Rochelle. They're doing that with uh, Riley Thilthorpe. I, it's, go, it's, yeah. it's not just a, a flat-out, let's just wait and get the best South Australians and bring them back after they've proved themselves. But I think they are very happy to use high-end draft picks on guys that they think would be happy to come home. And I reckon that's a reasonable policy to use yep. because the alternative has been spend big draft picks on guys who either haven't worked out or have worked out and wanted to go home. Yep. And I think uh, the Crows were going to make a big play for Horn Francis next year had he been coming out of contract. So uh, still a bit to play there, whether he gets to port. If he doesn't, uh, there'll be two clubs going hammer and tong, I guarantee you, next year. Trade up to continental ties this trade period. More trade period talk a little bit later on with Sam Fantasia. Hey, just very quickly, uh, stumps at Karen Rolton Oval in the opening shield game between South Australia and Victoria. Victoria were wobbling a little bit. They were five for 90, six for 137. They've reached nine for 264 at stumps. Will Sutherland, 100. Marcus Harris, the left-handed opener, 89. So good knock for uh, young Will Sutherland, who very good footballer as well, um, uh, Dougie. So, uh, yeah, Probably you would say, yeah, I reckon that's yeah, an interesting day. I reckon that probably par, is a, it? it's a break-even day. Yeah. You know how these things work. 
you'll know who won day one an hour into day two. Yeah. Because if South Australia gets the last wicket cheaply and there's none for 40 at uh, the first drinks break, they've probably won day one. But if Victoria get a couple of cheap wickets early tomorrow, then um, it's probably Victoria's day. So uh, interesting day's play. I thought the selection for South Australia was fascinating this game. So we've played Lloyd Pope pretty much every Shield game last year, unless it's obviously been a green top. I reckon the way Jason Gillespie structured his list and I think the way they've picked game one on what was always going to be a bit of a slow wicket at Karen Rolton Oval says to me that we are going to see quick bowling from South Australia, all out pace, all out for the year, unless they get on an absolute dust bowl. They've got nine quicks on their list. Can you believe that? Nine. I mean, you generally play three in a shield game. You've got 10 shield games. They've got nine quicks. So... Uh, that's triple, as I said, what we traditionally pick for one game. Then you've got a guy like Liam Scott who can hold the seam up as well. So I just reckon spin is going to struggle while we play matches at Karen Rolton Oval. It's a very, very small ground. And as I was saying to you before, blokes bat with barn doors these days. I mean, hitting a six is like taking an eight or a nine iron uh, out on the golf course. It's not that difficult a shot on a ground like that. So I just think we're going to see a real challenge for spinners because it's not a fair f- fair fight. Pope, as I said, he didn't have much hope at all in those conditions last year. So I think we're going to see South Australia. Have a listen to this. This is their list. Nick Winter, David Grant, Henry Thornton, Harry Conway, Jordan Buckingham, Nathan McAndrew, Spencer Johnson, Brendan Doggett, Wes Agar. I mean, they're going to play. That will be 95% of our attack through the year. We're going to see quicks. So day in, day out. Will they need to go to four quicks on a road or will they go to the three uh, all-rounder or the three in the spinner? How do you... There's four quicks in today yep. and I think they'll rotate it around a little That's bit. A big so, ball, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think we... And I think we'll see guys like Nathan McSweeney bowl some spin. We'll see Travis Head bowl a little bit of spin and we're going to see Ben Menenti, if he plays, he's going to bowl a little bit of part-time spin as well. But it's going to be quicks... All year for South Australia, and that's going to be the way that they're going to try and land 20 wickets, nine for 264 at Stumps. Off to a break. On the other side, we're going to catch up with Sam Fantasia with his trade wrap. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Off to a break. This is Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. And Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, you're listening to Sports Day with Ben Hook and Richard Douglas. It's our AFL Trade Radio update. It's thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Sam Fantasia in the studio. Nice to see your smiling, happy face, Sam. Uh, some news around Port Adelaide. No, it is. How about that? One, one, one. Hello. Try that. Good yeah. to be here. Good to hear my Nothing, nothing like the C-grade uh, <laughs> producer on the deck. No, that's okay, mate. Uh, Pete Ryan from The Age is reporting that Radical Air from... Uh, Geelong wants to get to Port Adelaide, while Damien Barrett's... Hang on, hang on. Asava Radigalia. Correct. Richard Douglas, that would be a useful inclusion for Port Adelaide, would it not? Don't tell me. Another one wants to go to Port. (laughs) Uh, That'd be an excellent get. He would... uh, He can play anywhere. Played back late last year. Can go forward. Free up Finlayson to spend more time forward as well. So I'd be all over that if I was Port. I think this trade period is absolutely proving correct to what you said last week about the Crows versus Port Adelaide as a destination club as well, Dougie. Well, potentially different strategies from both clubs. We know that. Uh, Port are definitely a lot more active. Um, so they would have put the feelers out to Radigalia as opposed to him, I think, yep. going towards Port. But, Port, Port uh, are for the now, aren't they? Well, they feel they're in the window, Correct. quite rightly so. Crows are a bit more methodical in their, you know, what they're a looking for. A bit more long term. Long term. So absolutely well done to Port. And uh, it's understood West Coast have asked about Dan Houston. Here's AFL Media's Damian Barrett. 
Soss and, and those, we, we've learnt this afternoon that uh, the Crow, sorry, the Eagles have uh, have decided to uh, ask Port Adelaide for access to, to Dan Houston. Now, it's come from a bolt from the blue. He was made aware of this in the past 24 hours, and uh, he doesn't want to go, and I don't believe uh, Port Adelaide will be entertaining it, given they re-signed him, Soss, uh, for, for a long-term deal only this calendar year. It's at least four years, maybe even five. So... But that's the sort of negotiation that uh, West Coast uh, officially asked for yesterday, and we have learnt that today and, and, and checked it. But uh, the Port team just does not want to engage. And Fascinating debate, isn't it? So it's actually called a trade period for a reason. You've actually got to give up something if you want to get something in, and that's a challenge for Port Adelaide because they have people who want to come to the club but people who don't want to leave. In the end, though, you've got to work out what you're prepared to give up for what you're prepared to give. Uh, Daniel um, – sorry – Dan Houston, Houston yeah. I don't know why I'm calling Daniel, Dan Houston, you, you couldn't let him go, could you? I mean, he's such an important part of their midfield now. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. No, he's a penetrating player, beautiful kick, uh, half-back midfield. They need those top of players. They're going to maybe attract a few more talls, but they they need their mids. The one thing I would say about Port Adelaide, that, that they would love to beef out their midfield. I always think that their forward line's pretty strong. Their defence maybe lacks one really big defender, but it's always been pretty sound as a defence, but they just would like a bit more beef in their midfield, and losing one, I think, would would really hurt them. Um, Sam, anything else going on? Yeah, quick one. Just as you said about, you know, if you want to give stuff, you get stuff, you've got to give stuff up. Uh, well, Brisbane are in that boat. Potentially, Reese Matheson, they're open to trading him. However, they have shut down talks on anything around, in Cam, around Cam Rayner, saying they want him to stay, and they've said to him, that's over the past two, three weeks, just saying, don't listen to the media reports, mate. We want you here. Uh, any, have we got anywhere with Josh Dunkley? Josh Dunkley? No, nothing yet. It sounds like hardball's continuing to be played. Uh, it's understood Fremantle's offered the Demons pick 13 and a future first rounder for Luke Jackson. Dougie, you reckon that's unders? Yeah, unders I mean, for me. Yeah, yeah, unders, yeah. yeah, it needs to be a top 10 pick at least and a first rounder. Uh, so a bit of play there. That'll get done, as will the Dunkley. But these they're going to be drawn out right to the back end of trade period. So Dun- Dunkley's an interesting one. His girlfriend lives here. She plays for the Adelaide Thunderbirds. I-, I think the reason why he hasn't really pushed coming to Adelaide is because I get the feeling she'll only be here one yep. more year and probably gone anyway. Sam, thanks for your contribution. Thank We're you, about to go to a break very shortly. We're going to catch up with Carl Viet a little bit later on in the show. Well, we'll be catching up with him right after this break if we can get him on the line and then we'll catch up with young uh, Testamanis as well from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. And Polaris is Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Thanking Australia for making Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand for two years in a row. Carl Viet, very shortly, don't go away. This is Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. 822-3000 is the week's open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes discover different. That week's open line. If you want to have a conversation with Richard Douglas and tell him anything you think about his opinions on Trade Week and AFL football, we are going to turn... Our attention, though, to the A-League, it is back this weekend, and I'm so excited for it. Adelaide United, really tremendous last year, surprised a lot of people. Football is here. Isuzu Ute A-League kicks off tomorrow. Experience it live. Search A-League tickets. Our coach is Carl Viet, the head man at Adelaide United. Their season gets underway across in Wellington over in New Zealand at lunchtime on Sunday. They take on the Phoenix, and Carl Viet has joined us now. Carl, welcome back to Sports Day. Thanks for having me back. 
Mate, um, you surprised everyone last year. There's one or two that are writing you off once again. Can you surprise us once again this year? Um, yeah, I, I believe so. I, I believe we've, um, you know, retained a majority of last year's squad um, and we've added a little bit more uh, depth to that squad in some of those positions. Um, so I believe we're in a, a better position what we were at the beginning of last season. Carl, it strikes me that... The one asset you really, there's a number of them, but one in particular asset that you bring to this club is your capacity to find young South Australians, get them into this team, and they perform. Is there anyone on the radar that we should be just keeping an eye out for heading into this season? Um, yeah, we've um, you know given a, a couple more scholarships out this year to some of our younger players that have done well in our youth team. So um, you know you've got Ethan Alligich that's. Uh, coming through, um, Johnny Yale, you know, he, even though he, he's had a couple of appearances, um, hopefully this year he'll get a lot more game time for us this year. And, you know, Bernardo, again, you know, he was tremendous last year, even though he's, you know, got an injury and won't um, figure in the first sort of half of the season, you know, the back end of the season, I think he'll um, take the extra step from last year. And, um, and there's a couple of other younger ones there that might, um, you know, surprise a few people. Carl, you mentioned you've been able to keep most of your squad together, which is a massive plus. Does that allow you to explore a few more dimensions in your game plan as opposed to trying to really build that chemistry you might have been doing last year? Is it something is a real positive for you? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, this is my third year with, with this group of players. We've had the core group there for the whole three years. And last year we made a few changes to the way we played. And again, this year we've made a few more changes, which is, as you said, has allowed us to to keep um, adding layers to the way that we want to play because we've had such a consistent squad over over my period. And what type of football can we expect from the Reds this year? Obviously, a uh, slow start last year, got in some really good uh, form and a good run in the finals. Um, what can we expect from the Reds in terms of the game style? Much of the same or a little bit different? Um, yeah, it'd be very similar, but just um, a little bit more attacking. We'll play... Um, with more like two tens than what we did last year. We played with two sort of holding midfielders, and this year we most probably only play with a one. Um, so just be a bit more attacking and take a few more risks um, and try and um, you know score a few more goals. Carl, I'm not surprised you're going to be a bit more attacking. I'm looking at your front third. You'll have Craig Goodwin, Ben Haller and Hiroshi Ibasuki. I mean, that is uh, some real firepower there. You are going to put some backsides on seats. I imagine that you are going to... Try and kick some scores that is going to be hard to chase for some oppositions. Yeah, most definitely, as you say. You know, our, our quality is that front three. Um, so it's important that we um, make the most of those, their qualities and, and make sure that we get the ball to them as quickly as we can and as often as we can and try and keep teams pinned in their half. And obviously we've got our first few games away waiting for the grandstand and able to be ready. Uh, what's the mindset going into the first couple of ways? Is it just a matter of getting away with a point or are you going on the attack trying to get the three? Yeah, most definitely going to get the three points. Uh, I don't think I've um, gone into any game trying to get one point. That's we what we like to hear. We always go for the three points. And as you said, it's going to be a, a difficult game away to Wellington. You know, they're, um, they haven't played at home the last a few years because of COVID. So we can expect a big crowd there with a lot of support for them and they will want to do well in front of their supporters. Um, so it's going to be a tough um, road trip, but it's a, it's a good one to get out of the way early. 
Carl, I've noticed that well, you're, a, you're a star player uh, in this town for many, many years, and I've noticed that you're going to have a, an old mate on the bench. Damien Murray returns as an assistant coach. So um, that'll be nice to have a familiar face uh, in the chair alongside of you. Yeah, most definitely. You know, we brought him in um, halfway through last season after Ross left, um, and, you know, Damien was, was excellent. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he, he couldn't commit full-time to, to the role, so he's just on a part-time role, but um, he... he brings a lot of experience, especially to our uh, young players on, on about attacking and scoring goals and where they need to position themselves. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, some of that paying off this year. We're talking to Carl Veet, the coach of Adelaide United. Uh, we're doing it thanks to KO. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches in the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO. Uh, look, I know that there was uh, some issues surrounding the Australia Cup that were a little bit unsavoury. We'll bypass that for now. But as an event, Carl, you must be just so excited with the extra dimension to the sport that the Australia Cup, the FF, the old FFA Cup has brought. I know Adelaide United has had some success in it. We saw Modbury Jets play in at Adelaide City, of course. What a wonderful event it is. It's been really well crafted by Football Australia. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people been crying out for like a second division in, in the country. Um, and a lot of those clubs that are playing in the Australian Cup, you know, they've shown that they're not that far off. And, uh, you know, with some good um, fundraising and good sponsorship, they we could get, a, you know, a strong second division up and running in this country. Just back on the boys. So last few years, you've had some good winning patches and some losing sort of patches. What are you? What's what have you worked on? I guess to try and smooth those out and be a little bit more consistent um, throughout the course of the year. Has that been a focus at all, or just a bit of natural uh, evolution of the group? Just uh, spending more time together, think we'll sort of smooth that out. Yeah, I think that will. You know, that happens in seasons. You, you have your ups and downs, and it's about um, staying on 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 your path that you want to stay on, and not you know. Fl- change things too much and you know last year I, I believe you know defensively we were were very good last year even though we had a lot of injuries in our defense and we I think we uh, over the course of the season well, I think we had 14 different pairs of center backs over the course of the season which wow. is a lot of change mm. um, so um, hopefully we can get um, some stability there and some consistency there we're playing the same you know two central defenders and and make it very difficult for teams to score against us um, you know we still we know, you know, to win the championship, you have to be the best defensive side. We're aware of that, and we want to try and be aggressive with our defending and defend um, higher up the pitch. Carl, talking about defence, um, the last line of defence is Joe Gauci, who you brought in last year, and he stunned many. How good can this young kid be as a goalkeeper? Yeah, he can go all the way, um, Joe. He's, uh, um, as you said last year, he was outstanding for us, um, and to be given an opportunity at a young age because, you know, he is still very young. People don't realise that he is still very young um, and it's, you know, the hardest position to play on the pitch because if you make a mistake, you know, everyone sees it. Um, so, you know, he, he'll grow from that last year and, you know, we expect um, him to, to be, you know, the number one goalkeeper in the league this year. The other thing I love about your team, Carl, you're never dead. I mean, you came from behind so many times last year. That's just one asset that your players refuse to throw in the towel. That must be – it's hard to coach, I would have thought. that That's something that's inbred in a lot of your players. Yeah, most definitely. You know, we do a lot of that stuff at training about, you know, winning and about not giving up. And, and I suppose that's the benefit of, you know, 
our squad, you know, the depth in our squad is all young players. And they, you know, they play play with no fear. And when you throw them on with 15, 20 minutes to go, um, they're very exciting. And, and last year they, they did the job for us a lot of times. Carl, we're so excited about the A-League getting underway again. I know you're going to have a tough couple of weeks away before you return to uh, the fortress that is Cooper Stadium, uh, and that's going to look amazing when the redevelopment is complete. Good luck over there in Wellington. Come home with the three points, and thanks for your time on Sports Day. No worries, guys. Thanks for your support. Carl Viet there, the coach of Adelaide United. The season is upon us. I'm that excited about it. I mean, they are just, they're going to be a great team to watch, even if you're not a football fan. And we were just talking about it before, Dougie. I mean, my life has been cricket and your life has been Australian rules. But there is going to be something about United this year with those three up forward, Ibasuki, Haller and um, Goodwin. They're going to score a lot of goals, those guys. Oh, it's going to be exciting. You know, summer here in Australia is cricket and, and, and football, soccer. So, you know, when they're up and about and playing some exciting footy, as you mentioned, that Cooper Stadium packs out. Um, so I'm really excited with what they're going to pr- uh, produce. But Carl must be congratulating. What he's been able to do over the last few years building a really solid team and being able to maintain players is not an easy thing in, in soccer. But to get some young talent to come through as well, it's that's awesome. There is something to be said for a South Australian coach and coaching South Australian players with a South Australian club in a national league. I think that's something that we that really resonates with us. I know that you can't do it all the time. And, of course, mm. you're a Victorian who was recruited to the Adelaide Crows and, and made Adelaide your home. But there's something about those homegrown kids. And if you can identify them and play them and give them an opportunity and they perform, I think I think local fans, that really resonates with them. And uh, certainly Adelaide United doing that very well. Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian-owned with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. Dougie, I know that you have to get away and I'm going to catch up after the break uh, with young Tessa DeManis, who made her debut for Port Adelaide uh, in the AFLW against Adelaide last weekend. So thanks for your time. But you and I will be together tomorrow night live from Angle Park for Greyhound Race, the big meeting at Greyhound Racing SA. Looking forward to it. Thanks for your time. We'll see you tomorrow night. And don't go away, everyone else, because we're catching up with Tessa DeManis to talk AFLW, the young gun debutante from Port Adelaide. Don't go away. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day. The Weeks Open Line is 8223000. Weeks Open Line, discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes, discover different. Well, the Port Adelaide Football Club didn't all go their way against the Adelaide Crows last Friday night at Adelaide Oval. An outstanding game of football, and great to see 20,000 people there Someone playing their first game, Tessa DeManis from the Port Adelaide Football Club. She comes to us thanks to Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Tessa DeManis, congratulations on your debut and welcome to Sports Day. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was it was absolutely insane. I don't think I'll ever lose that feeling of running out onto that over ever. Amazing couple of hours for you as well, of course, because your Guernsey is presented by none other than the great Sean Burgoyne as well. So the whole experience, the whole night must have been a buzz for you. Oh, it was un- unreal. Um, I have the very, very fortunate privilege of being nicknamed Silk. So that's where <laughs> my relationship <laughs> my relationship with um, with Sean starts. He, he had the same nickname as well. And just wearing the same number as him is just, yeah, an absolute honour. I did notice talking about Guernseys. I noticed uh, you pulled on the long sleever for the debut. Is that going to be a regular thing? 
Um, look, to be honest, it was a bit back and forth going up there. I thought to myself, oh, should I, shouldn't I? And yeah, I think I think definitely it is something that you might have to get used to. <laughs> I, I know I'm on dangerous ground talking about what women wear, but I did read somewhere that you wore a very flashy pair of yellow boots last year when you played at Claremont, and they don't look like they've made their way across to Adelaide. You're in a fairly... Uh, well, a sedate white pair I saw on Friday night, but the yellow boots, are they ever? Are they in the kit bag somewhere or in the cupboard? Oh, trust me, I have I have a very, very flashy supply of boots just waiting <laughs> to be broken out. Well, I'll tell you what, don't tell us any more. We look forward to seeing what comes up in subsequent games for you, Tess. Tell us a bit about yourself. You're a small forward. Uh, you came over, as I said, from Western Australia. I reckon your father and your brother have both had uh, reasonable football careers as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, my my brother actually got so far in his career that he was a train-on at Frio at one point. Um, and in my dad's career, he'll probably tell you back in back in the 60s or 70s or whatever it was, um, he played VFL for Richmond. So very, very fortunate to come from a footy-loving family and that's definitely where it started for me, watching watching my brother grow up and play footy. I was obsessed with it and just wanted to do everything that he did. So as soon as he picked up the footy, I wanted to pick up a footy and as soon as he was playing, I wanted to play. So I just tried to basically live out the career that he unfortunately never got to live out and he's incredibly proud of me now for it. Uh, yours is an interesting story, though, Tess. I think you got to about 13, and there was no more football available for you. You're still part of that generation who essentially had to not play football for four years. And I know there are some trolls out there on social media who like to say that the AFLW is not a very good standard. But if we asked every male teenager to stop playing football for four years and then expect to pick it up at AFL level, it would be a challenge. I mean, that's, I guess, from your perspective, it's one thing that is great that we're really behind that generation now that can play that those kids, those young kids that are coming behind you are going to be able to play football each and every year uh, right throughout until they get to the top. Oh, mate, I, I better start playing and get my career over <laughs> and done with before this next generation starts flying through where they can play a football up until they're my age. Cause Oh my God, the level of talent, I'm sure you can just see through Hannah Ewings and Abby Derrick, the level of talent that, of strong pathway provides is just going to be absolutely crazy. And I can only imagine what the level of like professionalism and just optimal, optimal elite performance is going to be when you have these girls going from the age of seven all the way to 17, being able to play footy. Tell me about how you got back into footy. You'd given it up at 13. My understanding is you went away to China to play basketball, returned to Australia, you were injured and basically women's footy was the only thing that was left. Pretty much, yeah. So I had to give it up when I was 12. They, um, the, the pathway stopped for girls at 12 and boys went on to keep playing. So I solely turned my attention to like basketball, volleyball, soccer, tennis, basically everything. Um, I did go to a China trip, came back, I injured my shoulder, missed all of the basketball trials and the only thing that was going on at the time was footy trials. And at the time, I was very, very fortunate. My homeroom teacher was a coach at a waffle club and she thought, hey, like, you could be really good at this sport, come down. And I hadn't touched a footy in probably six years. So I thought, oh, I'm not sure how it'll go, but I'll give it a try. And came down, ended up being really good. And I haven't touched another ball since. 
always been footy. Mm, mm. Over in Perth, we see the West Coast Eagles, a relatively new club uh, in in historical terms. Fremantle Football Club, of course, as well. Here you've come, here you are, you've come across to the Port Adelaide Football Club. I mean, their great slogan all around the change rooms. I'm sure you've seen it. Is since 1870. It's a traditional heritage club. What's the experience like of walking into a footy club where you can you can almost smell the history, Tess? Oh, mate, it's it's hard to even put into words. I think I think the best way I can describe it is you walk through these walls and even though you're now a part of it, you you put on the jersey, you run on onto the oval and you're playing for every other person who fought and was able to play before you put on that jersey. Like yes, I'm the inaugural number eight for AFLW for Port Adelaide, but there are so many people who got to wear that number eight before me that when I run out I write on my wristband for all those who came before. Because that's what we're all about here. We're not all about, you know, the now it's so great and the future is going to be incredible. But the thing that makes this club so special is the history. It's the before. It's everyone who gave their blood, sweat and tears for this club so that we now can give our blood, sweat and tears. Oh, Tess, I don't even barrack for Port Adelaide. I'm getting tingles down my spine listening to you talk about it and how much it means to you. <laughs> We're talking to Tess Demarnish from the Port Adelaide Football Club. We're doing it thanks to Mate 5G mobile plans from $40. Make the switch to Make Internet and Mobile. It just strikes me that last weekend, look, disappointing the fact that uh, you were beaten pretty comfortably by Adelaide. We know that they're in a different stratosphere with the amount of preparation they've had over the course of um, their six seasons in the competition. But it strikes me your group hasn't got disheartened and you're just determined to learn and develop as much as you can, as quickly as you can. Is that about right? Yeah, totally. Look, if you ask any single person in this Port Adelaide uniform to say something about Adelaide, it'll be nothing but positive. It is so much credit to that club and to those girls' talent and the effort and the professionalism they've been able to produce in this last seven years of AFLW that they're just on a whole other level. And unfortunately for us, it did come across as a little bit, you know, harsh reading the scoreboard after the game. But at the end of the day, that the club that Adelaide has been able to produce is just something that we're building to become. So right now, yeah, the scoreboard may not read the same, but we're definitely on the exact same path as they were when they first started. So I think the lack of disheartenment doesn't come from the scoreboard because we all want to win. We all, we're competitive. We're competitive as hell. And Port Adelaide people want us to play the Port Adelaide way, and that is wanting to win. But at the end of the day, we know what we're building. We know the talent. We know the support. We know the supporters that we have is insane. And we know that what we're going to be able to create one day, hopefully not too soon in the future, is going to be something that people who then look back and say, wow, credit to the Port Adelaide team. That was They're just on a league of their own. Tess, uh, everyone has a hero in sport, and sometimes when you meet your hero, you're a little bit disappointed or underwhelmed. You're expecting so much more. I think your hero in footy was Erin Phillips. Has meeting her and playing alongside her been underwhelming or every bit you thought it was going to be? Uh, look, Erin is so many young girls my footy like hero you can you can only just imagine how many people have her as their role model especially in female sports she's just the absolute icon the epitome of what it is to be a professional and having the privilege to play alongside her is something that very very few people get to actually say and I think once I'm done with footy and I look back at my career I'll know that I got to be the best 
athlete I could possibly be around Erin because she pushes people to reach that point, that optimal peak performance that they didn't think that they could be. Last one. You've got Hawthorne this weekend. It looks a winnable game. I imagine uh, that is absolutely the approach from Lauren Arnell, the coach, right down through uh, to the entire group. You really want to take it up to Hawthorne this weekend. Oh, absolutely. I think I think coming off the weekend that we just had a, against Adelaide, we're going to come into this game and give it absolutely everything that we got at training this week. I went into it and I was just telling people to hit me because I was like, I want contact. I want to go into this game against Hawthorne and want to be able to embrace that. So I think what you can expect and what everyone who's supporting Port Adelaide this weekend can expect is every single one of those girls out there is just going to give it their all and go as hard as they possibly can. Tess, your first game for the Port Adelaide Football Club last weekend, the first of many, many games for the Power. Congratulations on what you've achieved. Good luck for the rest of the year and thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thank you so much, mate. It was a pleasure. Tessa Demanis there from the Port Adelaide Football Club. She wears number eight, the Guernsey made famous, uh, certainly in recent times by Sean Burgoyne, presented her the Guernsey on the weekend, and we're going to see her in that Guernsey many, many more times to come. That wraps us up for Sports Day tonight. We will be coming to you live from Angle Park, Greyhound Racing SA tomorrow night, Richard Douglas and myself. So looking forward to your company then. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service book online at repcoservice.com. Thanks very much for your company tonight, everyone. Richard Douglas and I will see you tomorrow evening. Good night. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.